Hello everyone, welcome to A Reason for Hope. We are especially glad to be with you today because we had some technical issues over the last couple of days with our internet. Some of the storms here in Tucson, Arizona, I think kicked out our network. And when it came back on, all our devices were forgetting how to connect to it. And so we've had a lot of technical stuff going on and wasn't with you yesterday. Uh, or oh, on Sunday, we had struggle with our services too. So we are extra glad to be with you today. Um, Lord willing, as far as we know. So thank you for um, being uh, our viewers and being part of a reason for hope. We're very glad to be with you uh, tonight. If you don't know if this is your first time or if you forgot because we weren't here, you know, yesterday and it was last week since you've been with us. <laughs> a reason for hope is uh, an hour long live broadcast, which is guided by your questions on the Bible. You can send your, your questions in through multiple online platforms, which I'll go over in just a moment. And we have some wonderful guests here who love the Lord and love the word and love to answer your questions as he gives us grace and uh, wisdom to do that. So once again, we're, we're very glad that you're gonna be giving us the content through your questions. Any honest question you have could be on a verse of, of scripture or a passage of scripture, maybe the Bible as a whole or Christianity as a, as a belief, maybe something you're going through in your life and you'd like to know what the Lord thinks about that, what the Bible says about different circumstances or anything along those lines, other religions even, how they compare to Christianity, contradictions you think there might be, anything like that, as long as it's an honest question, as long as you're looking for an answer straight out of the Bible, that's what we're here to do. My name's Dave Robson and I'm your host today. With us today, we have Pastor Bo Willett. He's the assistant pastor here at Calvary Christian hey, Fellowship. yes. Good to see you. Yeah, you are you going to be our, our Tuesday dude? I think so. Yeah? I think so. I think I'm on a streak right now of like uh, multiple of Tuesdays. Multiple of Tuesdays. Yes. Sounds like a good band name as well. Yeah. Multiple of Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Maybe that'll well, be our band name. Maybe, maybe it will. <laughs> maybe it will. Yeah, but yeah, do. it's great to be here, especially with Sean. You know, I mean, to be here with Shawnee is awesome to you know hang out with that guy yeah yeah I, i'm sure you feel the same way where our brains just expand a little bit when we're around this yeah kid, and you know sometimes bleed from the ears no, that's <laughs> not <laughs> mine more expand from the you know it's like uh it's neat to see the younger generation just knowing the word of god yeah. studying the word of god um really being able to um engage their culture um with biblical truth and with a heart for them too you yeah. know and uh, that's what it's about. I mean, we're middle-aged now, they call it. They say we're, you know, middle-aged. And yeah. you're like, hey, okay, I'm middle-aged, you yeah. know, and I want to keep doing it and going after it too. But uh, it's neat to see the younger generation doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. My, my brain certainly has room to grow, so I'm glad for the, the growth <laughs> as well. And as we mentioned, Sean, Pastor Sean Richards over there, of course, regular here on the show. How are you doing today? Trying to figure out the difference between an Ethiopian wolf and a fox. You know, I've tried for many years to decipher that. So good luck. I pass the torch on to you. <laughs> 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 yes. Well, <laughs> moving, moving on. As I mentioned, I'll go over the platforms uh, that we're on in case you need to jump around for any reason. But as I mentioned, we're with you live Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. when everything's uh, working and when the storms don't blow things out. Um, it's a ministry and outreach of Calvary Christian Fellowship here in Tucson, Arizona, as I mentioned. If you are in the Tucson area and looking for somewhere to, to fellowship, you're welcome, of course, to come and check us out. We're uh, by Prince and I-10 on the west side of the freeway, pretty convenient uh, location there. 
and um, we have services of course on Sunday three services and a Wednesday evening service and so check out our website calvarychristianfellowship.com you can click around there see all the stuff going on please don't hesitate to reach out if you need any more info um, but if you go to that watch live tab anytime we're live we stream to that page the direct link for that is ccftucson.online.church or follow the link like I said from calvarychristianfellowship.com but you will see a schedule there of upcoming events you'll see a countdown to our next live show unless we are live as we are right now then you'll see the video playing there you can sign in with the username and there's a chat function that you can send your question in and i will be watching that today um, as your questions come in for bo and sean here uh we're on facebook as well of course facebook.com slash ccf tucson don't forget to like and share we'd appreciate that but we are live there right now and again the chat box uh, you can put your question in there and we will get that on Facebook. I'll be watching there as well. We have an app for your mobile device. If you go to your app store, look for Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson. Look for that red background with the white Calvary Chapel Dove logo. There's a few uh, uh, Calvary Christian Fellowships around the world. And so look for that red background, the white Dove logo. That's our app. You can download that and watch our stream there as well and send your questions in through your mobile device. Uh, we have a Roku channel as well and a channel on Apple. TV. So if you go to your channel store, you can add us as a channel and watch us on your big screen if you have those devices or a smart TV, something along those lines. We're on YouTube as well. Look for A Reason for Hope. That's the name of our channel there. It's a good place for archives. Uh, every time we've been live, it automatically archives there under that live tab. If you look across the top, go to the live tab. So if you missed a show or would like to recap something we did, um, you can find it right there. But we're also live. Again, don't forget to like and subscribe and click on that notification bell. Then you'll get a little prompt anytime we go live and you can join us that way and send your questions in through that method as well. Our senior pastor here at Calvary Christian Fellowship, Scott Richards, he's not with us today. He's with us usually uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, but he is on Twitter or X or however they're branding it these days. But if you look for Scott R4H, you can follow along with him there as well as some funny things and shenanigans. He posts updates on uh, news events and things going on in the world, especially the Middle East and things that pertain to um, uh, prophecy and end times and that kind of thing. So if you would like to follow along, I know I get a lot of my my news from him. I trust him as a source. And so <laughs> I get a lot of updates from Scott on what's going on. Um, so you can keep your, your finger on the pulse there by following along with Scott on Twitter. Uh, we're on Rumble as well. We post videos there. Look for A Reason for Hope Bible Q&A on Rumble if you're on that platform. And of course, we have an email address, questionsforhope at gmail.com. That's questions for hope spelled out with letters, all lowercase at gmail.com. If you're joining us and listening to us on the radio, we're glad you're tuning in. Drive safely if you're on your drive time. You are listening to the last show we did pre-recorded, so we're not live with you per se. But uh, keep in mind that email address, questionsforhope at gmail.com. That's another way that you can send your question in, and we'll try to get to that on our next live show. And so there you go. That's all the ways you can join us. We recommend our website, calvarychristianfellowship.com, as a home base, especially if you're not really on social media or something like that. But um, yeah, so we hope, uh, we hope and pray we're coming through loud and clear now. Um, praise God for fixing all the internet's problems um and we're glad to be back with you but mm -hmm. uh, before we move forward with questions i know we already have some from from yesterday and maybe even some coming in already but let's why don't we pause and pray and i'm sure would you like to pray today 
Happy to. That'd be great. Yeah, thank you that we have the chance to be here. We want to invite you to be here as well, to not only give us wisdom, but the right heart that we bring to your word and to your people. Allow this time to be honoring to you because you're an active part of it, that what we take away from this ultimately comes from you, and that you're honored by the work that you're doing in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we can true. jump right into questions unless you guys want to declare anything. Bring it on. Share anything. Declare. Confess anything. No declare. questions? All right. <laughs> oh, we'll take care of that in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you guys do have a, a group tonight, huh? Yes. Support group running like Yeah, six o'clock. If anybody's in, if anybody, especially like tonight, we have a men's group and, and it's a purity study. It's, yep. a, it's a Bible study, so... Um, but it's a Bible study that's around kind of the topics of uh, sanctification, mm-hmm. if you want to put it that way, just yep. biblical sanctification and learning how to walk in that. And it's not an easy thing to do in today's world, uh, and this is sexual purity. Yep. So I invite anybody out there who's, um, you know, who has struggled or does struggle with this. Uh, yep. And I, I hate kind of putting it like that because who doesn't struggle at, with lust at some capacity in their life? But yep. um, if, if it is something that, uh, you know, is, is gripping you and you really need a place where you can go uh, and take that first step, uh, that's what this group's about. So it's six o'clock every Tuesday. We've done it for years, mm-hmm. and it's at uh, CCF Calvary Christian Fellowship mm-hmm. in our building C, and that is our office building. The office building, yeah. So yep. if you look for the office building and going through there. Yep. And that's for recorded material that you and Peter Martin have done as well. You have a website, right? Yes, have a website, runninglight.org. A lot of uh, ministry there, a lot of podcasting that has been done over the years. Yep. Uh, 150 podcasts. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, so quite a bit of podcasting, That's a, lot, yeah. a lot of subjects, a lot of topics. Um, uh, some of it more uh, cultural, mm. and then some very just biblical, yep. very, like Bible studies. Yeah, yeah, very good, great. Yep. That's a great resource for you guys. Uh, well, we have a question from Maggie. Um, this is something I'm sure we all can relate to. It's a great question, Maggie. How do I biblically manage my anxiety towards the future, specifically regarding job? opportunities so it's easy to fall mm-hmm. into anxiety when we I mean mm-hmm. in all kinds of ways when we think about our future think about jobs losing the job what direction to go our kids our parents or whatever <laughs> I mean we can just um, go around and around and get overwhelmed with uh, the future how things can change so what's a biblical way of managing that kind of yeah it's funny because Philippians chapter 4 you know there's this wonderful passage that it's always quoted when the issue or topic of anxiety comes up you might have heard it before, Maggie. It says, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, mm. but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. And, and it's a wonderful passage. Um, but uh, there's a, a, you know, practically speaking, it can be very difficult to hone in on this passage. And really bring your cares your petitions before the lord and just kind of settle your heart before god um uh, because there are there is a lot of difficulty i was just talking to uh, a, a young person who's in their 20s and man they were thinking about buying a house and it just was so they were so like stressed you could tell it was just like i don't think we're i'm ever going to be able to buy a home like mm-hmm. i just don't know how i'm ever going to be able to afford a house and it was so, you know, you could tell they're just so burdened by it. And um, I have no doubt that God is going to meet 
our needs. And this is a pa- there's a passage in the book of Timothy that talks about this. God won't meet our greeds, but mm-hmm. he will meet our needs. According to? According to what? His riches and glory. His riches mm-hmm. and glory. And so it's going to be uh, in a way that God is glorified and shows his wonderful riches, his grace towards us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, trusting that is... is important and uh casting your cares upon god is vital um and being like i think king david too to be real about your anxiety uh, not hide it but you know um as king david did he was very real and sharing what he thought uh kind of his emotions with god and I, i think that's an important part of getting through uh, all the anxiety that you're dealing with, because it's mm. it's not you're not you're not the only one feeling it, Maggie. I mean, a lot of people are feeling it for sure. Yeah, obviously, anxiety. It's a kind of an anticipation form of fear, and people oftentimes equate the two. But fear is a gift from God. If we didn't have the ability to recognize a problem, then we'd all make some very foolish decisions. Yeah. But the it's fine quite line, quite I think, between fear or I guess anxiety and wisdom, is an attitude that Jesus, I guess, smacked down, for lack of a better term, in Matthew chapter 6 in what was called the Sermon on the Mount. He noticed uh, the tense that he addresses people with. In verse 28 of Matthew 6, he says, Why do you worry about clothing? One of the things we use money with, the things that we work for. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory was arrayed as one of these. Now if, notice the anticipation, God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he, notice future tense, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Note the trust with reason that Bo was talking about. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we, future tense, eat? What shall we, future tense, drink? What shall we wear? The sort of things you go after with money, right? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you, like Bo was saying, need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God, present tense, and his righteousness, and all these things, future tense, shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry, note, about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its trouble. We're going to be afraid because there are things in this world that go wrong. But if I focus so much on what could happen, what will happen, I'm going to exhaust my energy that I need to deal with the stuff worth worrying about in this moment. If God's going to provide for you in this moment, then it's best to tap in where the gas is, to use a vehicular term. (laughs) And if you have the opportunity, obviously, to consider your future, it's not to say that you can't think about these things, but where are you investing your emotions is Jesus's point. If your livelihood tomorrow can, and and a big thing right now is uh, AI is going to take over. I'm not going to be able to write anymore because all these computers are going to just generate all this writing and stuff. Well, your writing can be generated by a computer. You may need to consider a better line of work. But if, on the other hand, you're anxious about things that aren't even happening yet, 
it's a waste of energy, according to an opinion I think you and I both respect. So if we're going to focus on anything, we're going to invest our emotions in anything, note it isn't wrong to have those emotions, but knowing where and when they need to be used. For long-term financial decisions, the best kind of decision you can make is what can I afford right now? Not could I possibly afford this 20 years down the road? That's just going to be a non-starter because you don't know what else is going to happen in the yeah, world. Yeah, and, and, and let me just say this one last thing is just go after Christ. Mm. You know, go after Jesus in your life. You know, um, you know, that is the goal. The goal is to serve Jesus. And I have no doubt that if you serve the Lord and you go after with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, you passionately pursue Jesus of Nazareth, you will be right where you need to be and he will give you the peace that you need in our day and age but mm. it, you know so that would be my encouragement to you just really go after the lord minister to the lord um and um you know just give your life wholeheartedly to jesus and serve him and uh man it, it's amazing just how it's no longer you thinking about what house i'm gonna buy nothing it's right. just you're just it's just gonna you're just gonna be stoked to serve the lord yeah opportunities just happen to show up sometimes where we're taken care of as we need it right yeah. and that is it that that is the the challenge of fully trusting him trusting that he is yeah going to provide or not provide and just be the the author of our lives and that we yeah. don't need to control everything and that yeah. is the challenge That's yeah and it's you know and everybody's got you know and i find that people you know I don't want to belabor it, but some people like go, man, hey, I don't want to live in over here. I don't want to live there. And, and you know, and there's all these like ramif there's all these things, yeah. you know. Um, and um, and so I, I would just try to focus on, hey, serve the serve the Lord. Yeah. I know that's how he's worked in my life. I just serve the Lord and he just opens up doors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, great. Maggie, thank you for that question. Hope that helps you out. Thanks for being part of the show today with your question. Uh, question from Rob. How do you maintain a good attitude towards people that are deceiving uh, or being deceived when talking to them? Um, yeah. Not easy. When, when someone's lying to your face or they're so bought into a lie that they're dismissing it when the truth laid right in front of them, it's tough. And when you're talking to people who are basically either consumed, whether through psychological conditioning or are the conditioners themselves for cult groups, it's very frustrating when you're talking to someone and they think so low of you or so highly of the wrong people that they would openly dismiss the word of God in favor of what they're most comfortable with. And I think the best way to avoid getting irritated or at least too irritated, if that doesn't make you angry, I don't know what would, but seeing that kind of, I'll just say it, demonic behavior at work the only thing that you can do to keep yourself in emotional balance and this is speaking from experience is to let the holy spirit talk for you if not by the grace of god you would have bought into your own pet cult but god has seen fit to not only draw us out of darkness into light but is giving us the opportunity to even be a glimmer of hope to them 
don't put it on yourself to convert the corrupted. Don't put it on yourself to destroy every false argument that levels itself against the gospel. Be the kind of person that was the exception to what they were trained to think people other than their group are. Uh, we're going to be doing a crash course in evangelism for our student ministry here next week, and one of the things that uh, our student leaders are going to talk about is not just the arguments to talk about in evangelism, but just how to be prepared the sort of questions you need to ask people so that you know where they're coming from and you know what they care about. And the goal isn't to lead them to the altar every time, but to give them a positive example, especially if they're atheists, of the negative emotions they would associate with other Christian groups. Because that's oftentimes how people end up in cults. They had someone in a Christian church or a body that did them wrong, and so they disassociate from orthodoxy because of that bad person, and then they end up where they are now. And the commitment isn't actually intellectual, it's emotional or social, but it's not factual. If you have the opportunity to witness someone who's deceived, great, you get the opportunity to be a conduit for the truth. But if you're talking to someone who's knowingly lying to you, the best thing I have heard at least, because most of those situations I just distance myself from them, I know they're not going to hear me, but the best way that people who can engage in those kind of conversations, who are equipped by God for those kind of conversations are going to do, are going to understand they're not the only ones listening. Address the person as long as you can and consider for a moment that maybe there's passers-by or onlookers that are going to hear his false statements, your truth statements, and be able to sort out through the power of the Holy Spirit, the, I guess the, uh, what is it, the uh, granola from the chocolate chips. There you go. There you go. Uh, what was it, Rob? Is yeah. it Rob? Yes, Rob. Hey, Rob, I, 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 you know, I, I think you would love uh, Acts chapter 17. Paul goes to the Oropagus. I know you know this, probably, uh, this uh, history here. He goes to the place, the hill of Ares, which is the Greek god of thunder. You might, uh, the equivalent god would be Mars. Um, and now he goes to this place and he listens to the philosophers and he has an opportunity to share. And he shares, and it's a wonderful message that he shares. But in verse 32, it says, When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, We want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council. A few men became followers of Paul and believed. Among them were Dionysus, a member of the Oropagus, also a woman named Damaris, and a number of others. Now, the point being this is, you know what really gets you over the hump to be able to do this uh, and continue to do it is, uh, I think Paul or Sean was alluding to this, and that is that, that some people believe. And some people will come to faith in Christ. You know, God has called people, um, God, God's the one who calls people and awakens them from their slumber, mm -hmm. from their sleep, from their death, from their spiritual sleep, that is. This is the work of God. And he, the way he does it, the way he unlocks that, uh, if you will, that slumber, that sleep, or awakens the person from the dead, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the foolishness of that which is preached. 
And and though it might be something that is mocked and ridiculed, like atheists, you know, I, I remember Christopher Hitchens used to always think that the uh, sacrifice of Christ was a very foolish idea mm. that he someone could take uh, your your sins and die for you, you know that kind of. And he would right. mock that a lot, yeah. you know, in his debates. Um, and, uh, and, and that will happen. This kind of mocking took place with Paul at the Areopagus. Mm. But what moves them all on, we see in 2 Corinthians 5, is it says the love of Christ compels them. Yeah. And people, you know, when you see people come to the Lord, it, it, it's so cool that yeah. it moves you to want to keep going. Yeah. And it moves you to want to keep sharing. Uh, even if someone's mocking you or they're deceived or that kind of thing, you know, remember that you too once it says we're alienated from God, yeah. enemies, right. you know, in your hearts, you know. Um, so, you know, if you remember, you know, your personal testimony that you one time were awakened from the dead by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then you see people awakened from the dead by the gospel of Jesus Christ, I think that'll help you to always have the right heart in sharing with people and not growing weary and doing good right but keep going yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's definitely a good way to keep a good attitude there yeah great well rob thank you for that that question hope that helps you out good question from you indeed a uh, question from uh, jop uh, i talked to a prosperity teacher and told him uh, what he was teaching was wrong then he said i bless your family i bless your income i bless you in the name of jesus he also said Offense is the bait of Satan. Satan wants you to be offended at people when they can bless you. Should I receive or reject this blessing? It's a popular topic now. Instead of getting offensive, uh, uh, prosperity and word of faith preachers are now smiling and saying, I just bless you while still teaching falsely and even bought my friends uh, who got who go to their church a car. So, <laughs> Speaking um, of false teaching. Yeah. Can we, can we receive or reject a blessing? I don't know. Yeah. Say, take the blessing <laughs> you can shake the dust off of your feet <laughs> and wash yeah. your hands of this weirdness um when people say blessings especially in those kinds of circles they're usually referring to monetary blessings the sort of things that as bo mentioned inspire good feelings but the reality is that a blessing is not necessarily an object it's something that is associated with supreme happiness now if we're to be blessed by God, or say vice versa, the Psalms repeatedly encourage its listeners to bless the Lord. In fact, David even dedicates a Psalm telling himself to do it, to get himself out right. of the funk and bless the Lord. What would be the sort of things that God is supremely happy about? Is it a happy face? Is it a happy claim? Or is it with the truth? You can do your own homework on that. But the real issue that I have with this kind of manipulative language is that obviously people can say hallelujah until it starts to lose all meaning because it's covered every other syllable. People can, you know, put on their white collars or have their TV shows and claim a lot of things in the name of God, but God would no more be on their side than the pile of, you know, hey, I use for archery practice out back. When we're talking about truth, and the sort of things that God is actually invested in. It's not always going to be shown with a happy face or a happy attitude or even a pleasant and a quote-unquote generous person because what are we told is the very definition of evil. What's the character of Satan and how he reveals himself to us? According to 2 Corinthians, it says that Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light right. and his ministers 
i.e. these prosperity teachers, into ministers of righteousness. Mm. But how do we determine it? Their end will be according to their works. We can't see the end. We can't see the heart of a person when even though they're showing their teeth there's you know a forked tongue behind them we can't determine that but we can listen to what's actually being said so as you stated with the prosperity gospel that's how you judge whether or not that smile is something you want to associate with that's how you decide whether or not to receive that blessing or realize it's as empty as the air that's being blown. When it comes to the truth, what do we know about the nature of God? It's not to meet every greed. It's not to conform to our unreasonable whims and desires. It's not to literally turn into a cosmic vending machine or a Santa Claus in the sky. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would like that, There's a lot of things I would like that just aren't true, and me desiring them doesn't alter reality. But if, on the other hand, I take a step back and go, is there a greater priority than my own? Those prosperity teachers would dismiss that and say that's a negative confession. I'd turn to Scripture and go, huh, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things does not belong. So if you, and this is just in broad strokes to address the question, have someone who's nice, that's not a reason to conclude anything. Mm. If you find someone who's maybe, full confessions in church here, kind of prickly <laughs> when you get into issues that I've heard way too many times and want to just get to the finer point so that you think these things through, it doesn't mean I hate you any more than the false teacher with a smile on his face and a car waiting for you outside loves you. The fact of the matter is you need to judge doctrine. You need to judge truth as the metric as to whether or not God's actually behind something. People can, quote-unquote, bless you, but the best blessing is going to come from fellowship with God. And if you look at, and this will tie into a few future questions, I'm sure, the people who were closest to God throughout history, they endured lives of great hardship, and that wasn't because of their lack of faith. So either... Every single person in history, and this is just dealing in alternatives, never got a relationship with God right until these guys figured out how to twist God's arm into doing what they want. My will be done. Or these guys are lying. You take the pick. But this is the point that's being made. A smile doesn't prove sincerity. A nice voice doesn't prove truth. Mm -hmm. And someone that you may not like doesn't necessarily mean that they're lying to you. Make sure you judge what's being said, not who or how it's being said. That would be my warning. Yes. Yeah, that's that's good. It's there's a lot there. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, um, you know this person that's asking the question wants to speak truth into a person. It sounds like, mm-hmm. which is so awesome, right? And and we're assuming that it's done in love and you know and and they're wanting to do it with the right heart and everything and Mm -hmm. that person's um uh, just like taking that that um challenge to Mm -hmm. to to the doctrines that are being taught as a negative um and um and and that's so sad because you know we are to you know Paul, in the book of Acts chapter 17, Chuck Missler, Pastor Chuck Missler, um, uh, who's gone on to his reward now, 
used to famously always say, you know, be a Berean and test all things. The Bereans were more notable than those of Thessalonica because they searched the scriptures right. daily to see if what Paul said was accurate. Mm. And uh, I'm so glad, you know, Paul didn't respond to them in, in like, oh my gosh, you're challenging, you know, me? Like what? Like you're challenging me? Oh, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a bad thing. It's yeah. the bait of Satan, you know. <laughs> right. And even that it's kind of patronizing, like, oh, you know, you don't agree <laughs> with me, bless you. I still bless you and I bless your family. <laughs> it's like patronizing. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. very, you know, which is weird because if you look at the passage in Romans chapter 12 that talks about bless those, um, it says, bless those who persecute you. Mm. I, don't, I wouldn't say they're persecuting you. You know, no, yeah. for righteousness, well, the people yeah. of Ber- the of Berea weren't persecuting Paul. Yeah, they were just testing if what yeah. he's saying is accurate. Yeah, according doing their to due diligence. Yeah, doing due, which Thessalonians tells us uh, in chapter five, if I remember First Thessalonians, to uh, test all things, yep. hold fast to that which is good. So, um, you know, uh, but the passage goes on in Romans uh, chapter twelve. You know, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be proud, but enjoy the company of the lowly. You know, so don't act in a pompous way, in a, you know, in that, that way that you're, you're referring to, of, oh, you know, I, uh, you know, brother, I bless you. Yeah. You know, um, you know, don't be proud, but, you know, live in the company of the lowly. Mm. Hang out with people that aren't living where you're living, yeah. you know. And this is such a challenge to us, you know, um, you know, in our in our life. There's so many good things that Paul's talking about, but uh, let me not go on the on the rabbit trail and just get back to the point of that. Uh, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, this person has uh, bought into an, a very, um, very weird doctrine, and it's a and I we've seen this over and over. Um, it is one, it's a doctrine that will not allow uh, for um, a search for healthy doctrine. Mm. Uh, and that's the problem with it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is, a, it, it is a, a position that stops all other, other options. Right. It, it, it's that kind of position. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's what uh, Chesterton uh, the the, uh, the theologian and apologist said that is the worst kind of of reaction because it, it literally stops all other reactions, all other comments, all yeah. other opportunities right. to really seek out the truth. Yeah. Where uh, seek and you shall find, you really can't seek in this in this uh, kind of theology. Yeah. You know, if you challenge at all uh, the supposed truth. Mm-hmm. For them to, to, for you, for that person to even conceive that they could be wrong is the false confession. Yeah. And you see how this is just such a mess, right? Yeah. Because it, you can't challenge it. Yeah. If you challenge it, then you're already in a false, a, a bad right. situation. You're in a negative. Yeah. And, and therefore, you know, you're not going to be blessed. Um, it, it's really a a sad and ugly roller coaster that um, I, I I myself get very frustrated to watch. Mm. 
um, because you see the damage that it does to so many people. Yeah. Um, so man, you know, we feel with the person. Um, uh, just know that that you know there is nothing wrong with being a Berean, right. and keep at it. Yep. You know, uh, be a Berean. Show them Acts 17. Hey, you know, be a, I'm being a Berean. Yep. I'm going to search all things. I'm going to test all things. And, you know, if if they will not listen to the Word of God um, in its totality, yep. in its context, um, then, um, you know, then it's time to move on probably yep. and, and, and share the gospel with someone else. Yeah, that's you know? right. Um, yeah. It's yeah. easy to... We, we We've got to continue to study and, like you said, balance the whole message of the Bible because it's easy. We were talking about denominations the other day. Really, a lot of them have, have come from, we grab one verse or passage, yeah. we're really into this. You know, Like even Calvary Chapel, we're into teaching the Word. That's a big distinctive of Calvary Chapel, we teach the Word. But we don't want to do that at the expense of going out into the world and, you know, yeah. and, and meeting the lost and outreach and things like that you yeah know, or love be, like yeah, yeah we teach the word but we don't love right yeah <laughs> yeah that would be a big, that would be a big one but they've taken obviously verses on god you know blessing us and 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 prosper us but they they avoid the you know i've learned how to be poor or rich i've learned how to be sick or i can do all things through christ and those kind of things you know so the balance be willing to come across a verse and like, oh, instead of like, oh, that doesn't fit in. Right. <laughs> I mean, we all have verses that we, we read and we go, ooh, yeah. that one yeah. hurts. Keep turning, keep turning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, there's a related question. That was a question from Jop. Thank you. Thank you for that. It seems like more along the lines of like a blessing being almost like a spell. You know, yeah. like I bless you, I bless you spell yeah. thing. But yeah, question, definitely. Question from Lamar. Um, how do I handle that a Jehovah's witness wants to bless uh, me they clean my garage they do everything how should i respond to this so um a jehovah's witness or a, a group or whatever want to come and bless him by doing practical things in yeah, that way. Yeah, so they're yeah. kind of outreaching to him in yep. doing this should he reject that or sure clean my garage well i guess if you're given the opportunity for free labor no need to uh, i guess swat the girl scout cookies because of the shady organizations they're attributed with but right. they taste just as good i like the analogy but the <laughs> biggest thing i think you could use that situation for isn't just to get your garage cleaned but they mm. are trying to and i can say this definitively he's like you don't know their hearts i do they're trying to manipulate you into considering their church a superior, a more personal, right. a more impactful ministry than all those other Christian churches yeah. that aren't wa yeah. washing your whatever right yeah. now. To be fair, just like we would do. <laughs> when no, we, I wouldn't when manipulate we them. I'd want to do it for its own sake. And yeah. if I did do that, I'd hope that God would convict my heart to do it for the right reason next time. For them, it's literally in their charter to do this lest they fall short of becoming part of the great crowd. Oh, okay. oh. Like, oh like, yeah, like yeah. 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 So when well, we're, different. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not uh, trying to secure my position in the crowd that's going to watch the great crowd, which is going to then be in fellowship with the Lord. So, so yeah. well, let me just stop you. The, why, the reason why me and Davey are like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's because, you know, there's some clarity there. What Sean's saying is that, is that the difference is, is some people do labor they'll do work they'll bless you you know but really it is a it is something that they are obligated to do mm. in their religion right. in order to get salvation right. to achieve salvation yeah 
Wh and what Sean's saying is that that is not the reason yeah. a Christian would do that kind of right. labor. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, it seems like a, it's a huge difference. It seems like a, a, a little... Small like, one, but it's big. I would go to my neighbor and pull their weeds. My hope is that they would see the love of Christ in that. That's different to me different to me doing that but you're not obligated because i'm it's part of my salvation yeah. to do that right and yeah, you don't have to keep up your membership roles yeah that's right. good that was good sean we yeah. learned we learned something right we there. did yeah. yeah we're gonna end the show right there <laughs> even if it's just knowing what the heck i'm talking about anyway so if you're there's a reason you have a microphone <laughs> in that position where they are for however many times a day or for however many hours a day within earshot of you and trying to take advantage of you in this way so that they can get some sort of spiritual benefit out of it, you can actually, quote-unquote, redeem the time by using them as a springboard for conversations they need to hear. For example, it's always an inconvenience. I don't know how they do it, but it's never at an opportune time. When a Jehovah's Witness comes to your door, you can use it as an opportunity for outreach because you didn't have to go and find someone who's falling into the same error and heresy of Arius of Alexandria, the guy who first taught what they're trying to do now. You have an opportunity to witness to them literally in front of you. These people right. think they know Christ. These people follow a false Christ, a created Christ, a Christ who is the perfect agent of Jehovah in his creative work, but not Jehovah God, a God that is literally dangling their salvation over them like a carrot on a stick, and of course that isn't going to save them from salvation, or save them from their sin, who was, and I don't even know why they have to get specific about this, but was impaled on a stick, not a cross, a stick, mm. in order to ultimately fill in the blank, I guess, to who you're asking, but make a group of people equals with him before mm. Jehovah God. Mm. That's not the God of the Bible. That's not the Jesus of history. Jesus is not the annihilated and created based on Jehovah's perfect memory, Archangel Michael, who is then re-annihilated and recreated according to Jehovah's perfect memory and spiritual status in heaven. On and on it goes. You read this stuff and it just gets weird. But the point being made is this. They deny fundamentals about who Jesus is, and he is the linchpin by which all of eternity hangs in the balance. Mm -hmm. You have an opportunity to grasp down to the bone something that's going to be just as much important in your relationship with God as it needs to be for theirs. Deity of Christ. Mm -hmm. Read it study it and use the fact that those guys who are trying to gain favor with you in your garage need to hear it just as much as we all need to understand it every single day when you get on certain talking points when you have an open ministry to you jehovah's witnesses okay let me look up Arius of Alexandria. Let me read the Rudder of Ecumenical Councils and how they addressed him at Nicaea. I want to read it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look up uh, ministries like Apologia Studios with James White. He does yep. fantastic seminars on yep. the Jehovah's Witnesses and outreach to them. Look at how Christians effectively, there are negative experiences, but effectively engage with Jehovah's Witnesses and put those things into practice. If they embarrass you and you have to find some other neighbor's kid to clean your garage because they got offended and left, so what? You had the opportunity to store up treasure in heaven, not for your salvation, but considering the well-being of them. Because I guarantee you, most of their exposure to the gospel is behind a slam door. And it should be. When someone's trying to lie to your face about the nature of God, I wouldn't welcome them into my house either. The epistles of John would agree with that. Don't share in that. Yep. But if on the other hand, 
you have someone who's taking the time to become a part of your life, use that as a door for ministry. And if God gives you one conversation or another couple months of it, you can learn something from this. They need to learn something from this. And it's the best topic ever, the person of Jesus. That's who they need to know. That's who they think they know. And that's who their organization is trying to manipulate them into thinking they know but don't. Yeah, so. yeah, that's great, Sean. I would like to just, uh, whoever the uh, uh, person is who asked Lamar. the question, Lamar. Lamar. Lamar, if you just drop us an email, you can drop um, an email to srlive at gmail.com. Questions for hope at gmail. Our questions for hope at gmail. He's got to change his email address. Yeah, <laughs> questions for hope at gmail.com or Bo at ccftucson.org. I certainly don't have to change my address. You know? <laughs> That's the work address. <laughs> Bo at ccftucson.org. Um, you know, that's B E A U at ccftucson.org. Um, just drop me a line and just say, hey, you know, I would like some. Uh, how can I get some information on ministering to Jehovah Witnesses? We'd love to get you some of that information. No cost or nothing like that to you. We'll just send it to you in the mail. Right. That way you have something that you can kind of hand to them or read yourself and, and, and hand over. So, yeah, we definitely love to help help Lamar out with that. Excellent. Yeah, so questions for hope at gmail.com or one of the other email addresses. Or bo at ccftucson.org. Or send us a message somehow through one of the uh, platforms or whatever. So, yeah, thanks, Lamar, for that question. Um, Obviously related to the previous one, great discussion. Uh, Question here from Renee. Uh, What does the Bible say about cliques? Like uh, people or groups who won't socialize with the rest of the people in the church. Sometimes I feel excluded but I like talking to everyone in the cliques because I would like to see unity. So does that happen in the church where people have their own cliques and maybe hang out with people of their own class? That's an old fashioned word or um, whatever. I mean, yeah, this this happens now and it happened back in the, uh, the days, uh, especially at Corinth, it seems like they really struggled with this. Um, and you might want to read, um, you know, chapter two that our t- chapter three that talks about this in the book of first Corinthians. So first Corinthians chapter three, uh, you know, uh, I think the church is uh, just like in first Corinthians, we're very good at kind of, um, uh, dividing and kind of going, well, we really like that pastor. We like this pastor. Yeah. And even within a church, uh, you know, you got to remember that there's, uh, there's going to be uh, groups that form just simply naturally because of age. So within a church, you might have a youth ministry. So the youth tend to hang out and fellowship amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. And you might have, you know, a different kind of women's ministry. And so w- these women hang out. And so you might you might see that. That's just a natural flow of kind of the uh, organization of the church itself. Yeah. So don't get too hard on people. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it is uh, our nature as human beings to certainly fall into cliques. I mean, that is something very natural to us yep. where we just tend to, you know, it's funny. I can, I can, I, I've done so many home fellowships and Bible studies and just uh, um, many of them over 30 years. And it's funny. I'll watch sometimes the group when they're fellowshipping, mm-hmm. and, and I'll, I'll, there's, there'll be someone that's new at that group, and, and there'll be people that are very. Uh, uh, it's very natural for them to greet them and meet them yeah. and get to know them. 
but then there's many of the the regular attenders that just don't do that at all. They don't say hi. They don't engage. They don't talk uh, to them. They they literally just stay kind of with the same people. Yeah. And and that might be out of fear, anxiety, stress, not knowing what to say. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know what it is. So. Um, you know, do clicks happen? Yes. Do they happen sometimes naturally within the body of Christ? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, just, you know, instead of being harsh uh, towards the church, uh, like, hey, the church is too clicky and this yeah. kind of thing, maybe try to go into that church and, and try to help change that uh, by you not being that way. Right. And you getting around and... Yeah, which know, I like. I mean, Renee said she likes to go and talk to these clicks to try and break through that's that, right really that's cool. awesome yeah, like, that's awesome i'm just coming to come in there and that's love what everybody. you gotta do that's yeah. what you gotta do is break it up but just remember that <laughs> that some people have a natural um meaning their temperament is not going to be um like yours yeah you know uh you know we saw in romans 12 during the show here that we are to be hospitable you know, and that's something that we want to do. We want to learn to right. be hospital. Every, every Christian should learn how to be hospitable. Yeah. Um, but that comes easy to some people. Right. And to other people, it is not at all. Yeah. And and so we just need to remember that. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah. know, so yeah. you know, don't be, get too hard on everybody. Yeah, be gracious with people. Yeah. 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 Sean, anything to add to that? Well... It's a clicky guy myself. Obviously, <laughs> shared interests are That's great. mostly age, I think, when you get clicky. Yeah, uh, shared interests are obviously a natural foundation for relationships. If you don't cultivate those kinds of circles, even in church, then I'd say you're pretty isolated. If you, even in groups, uh, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He raged against all wise judgment, Proverbs 18.1. Committed that to memory because, again, I needed to take it to heart. You're putting yourself in a situation where you lack this, the very purpose the body of Christ is meant to gather, not necessarily for the secondary interest, so there's time for that. There's also a reason we're all gathered together, and it's because of our shared belief in who Jesus was and how he proved it in history. So if you're looking for ways to break up the cliques, then you can say that you have that common ground. I see a room for it because there's also people who are pretty divisive in the body of Christ. I can tell you horror stories of people who've gone into cliques to try and break it up because they found their shared interests were sinful, and they just wanted to complain and get them kicked out of the church. That's bad. But if, on the other hand, you're put in a situation where you have something in common with these people and others, and you can be a middleman, it's all the more cause for unity. It's it's a wonderful thing when brethren dwell in unity, the, the Psalms say. But if on the other hand, we're only at church because my friends are there or I can talk about this and that, make Jesus more a part of the conversation and you won't yeah. have that isolated perspective and influence on each other because that's the purpose of the body of Christ, to build one another up in love and good works as we see the day approaching. Yeah. Yeah, very good. I think sometimes, too, home fellowships, this is where home fellowships do become very important in a church. Mm. Um, uh, to try to get people, you know, uh, you know, to feel connected, yeah. or to be connected, not mm-hmm. to feel so much connected, but to, to Actually literally be connected. Be connected. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to other brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, yeah. uh, in a home. 
where they maybe share a meal or something like that. Because on a Sunday, it's it, it can be kind of chaotic at a church. You know, it, yeah. can, it, it can be where there's so many things going on and um, it, it's hard to kind of, you know, it can get real clicky probably. You know, you yeah. see people are just like, oh, there's my friend, you know, and they beeline, yeah. make a beeline to them. Right, right. Yeah. Or their peers, you know, we have got young kids or with this sort yes. of Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. Uh, thank you, Renee, and, and um, God bless you in, you know, <laughs> going uh, forging forward into yes, those clicks. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's good. You're being, being an example there. Very good. A uh, question from Natasha. We're coming up on the end of the show already, which is amazing. Uh, Natasha, why? This is a, a great and profound question. Why does God allow us to go through sickness and disease? How does it build character? I don't understand. Thanks. Question from Natasha. Well, it doesn't always build character. Sometimes it could just be building your immune system. Uh, best example is the book of Job, where a guy was allowed to go through a time of great loss emotionally and physically, where he experienced some infectious disease that caused sores to break out all over his body. And oddly enough, the purpose of that was to deal with deeper issues of his heart. There's a saying that's oftentimes said from the pulpit that trials can do one of two things. They can make you bitter or they can make you better. They can bring to the surface the deeper issues of your heart, like the Apostle Peter illustrated uh, that, and I think it's in Second Peter 1, the, uh, though we are not uh, redeemed with gold and silver and mm -hmm. precious things, as though being refined by fire. The idea is that precious metals are purified by being melted down. And having experience with fire, that's not always a pleasant process. But when we're talking about sickness in particular. We live in a world where things just go wrong. Uh, I've, in the last two years, seen a nosedive for my immune system. Can't really tell you why. I could maybe point to a few things. I'm trying to make changes in my diet, but I don't like shake my fist at God and say, why don't you increase my white blood cell count? Now, it's just the idea that, okay, we're in this fallen world, but I have the opportunity in those times of sickness to indulge as much in my flesh as my spirit or his spirit. And also during those times, or apart from those times, I had the chance to do the same thing, but just with fewer distractions, because I don't really want to do anything else. Yeah. But that's the whole issue. Job was a very special case, and if we say, well, you have to have your Job moment, we're all going to have trials, but I don't think we're all of us are going to see all, how many kids did he have, like seven? Mm -hmm. All of them die as a result of uh, brigands and so forth, or a big wind collapsing the room that they yeah. were in. That was a very, very specific case because God knew what he could and couldn't handle. But if on the other hand, we're in a situation where we're just asking, why are things going wrong? Don't ask why, ask what? And that's that fine line. Does it improve character? Anything could. Good times could improve character. It could also make you forget. Uh, good, uh, and it was from Natasha, good uh, balanced perspective on this is Proverbs chapter 30 where uh, Agur was writing, and he made a very interesting observation. He said, Lord, give me neither poverty nor riches, lest I grow rich and forget you, mm -hmm. or I grow poor, steal, and then dishonor your name. Yep. We need what we need. We are who we are, and God can minister to us exactly where that is. But if, on the other hand, we're in that position where, oh, I'm not feeling well today, this must be a test from God, you can use it to deepen your relationship with the Lord, or you can, in that weakened state, become frustrated and bitter and just ride it out until the fever abates, but that's the whole point. It's not 
okay, this is a sickness, that means that God's doing this. No, God could do something. You have the opportunity to follow him or not. That's true whether you're sick or not. Yeah, very true. Anything to add, Bo? Keeping in mind, we've only got a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I think Job is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. I, I think you, you just have to understand that, um, you know, Paul said in the book of Corinthians that the outward uh, human being is fading away, that sin um, isn't, we don't see the full blessings uh, of the redemption and uh, a work of Jesus Christ for us. Mm. We see, we, we trust that something has started um, and that he who began the good work in us mm-hmm. will be faithful to complete it. Yeah. Uh, Philippians chapter one verse six. Uh, but it, it's not it's not completed. Meaning, uh, our salvation is completed. Meaning, it, it's all done in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus already paid the price for us, and it's all done according to Jesus for sure. Yeah. But we're in a sense uh, we're living this life, and we're just taking steps. Yeah. You know, uh, waiting for that full redemption uh you might want to read romans chapter 8 that really discusses that yeah um but yeah it is it is a challenge read job too man that's a great book wonderful book right absolutely great natasha thank you thank you for that well we're at the end of our show here we're so glad to be back with you praise god everything worked it seems you guys were out there sending your questions sorry if we didn't get to your question today uh, uh, greg and lowell and maybe some others as well but we're back here again same time same place tomorrow for more of your questions check out our website calvarychristianfellowship.com and some of those uh, uh, links that we've mentioned as well you can email us questions for hope at gmail.com and uh, if not we'll see you again tomorrow same time same place have a wonderful evening god bless you you've been listening to a reason for hope thank you again for joining us as we continue our journey through god's word one question of the heart at a time. Until we meet again, we would love to connect with you. You can text or email your questions to questionsforhope at gmail.com. You can also find out more about our ministry at calvarychristianfellowship.com. And be sure to join us next time on A Reason for Hope. A Reason for Hope is an outreach ministry of Calvary Christian Fellowship in Tucson, Arizona.